Hello and welcome to another episode of the Go Play That podcast. My name is Rob Cook. I'm here with Bob Morate. Hello there. It is Wednesday, the 26th of October, and this marks a full 52 weeks of the Go Play That podcast consecutive releases. We've now hit some kind of milestone by by reaching a full year without a break. Incredible, if I say so. Yeah, I don't quite know how we managed to achieve that with all of our me busy neither. schedules. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. It's, it's nothing short of a feat. Mm, but here we are, and um, we've got plenty of games to talk about from the last week uh, from both of us. And I'm going to kick things off by talking about Rhythm Paradise Megamix, which is something that we've both been playing on 3DS. Is that correct? Man. I haven't played it. I played only the demo, but Rhythm Paradise is one of my favorite sagas from Nintendo. So okay. I will definitely get it eventually. Okay, cool. Um, so it's a rhythm game where you are trying to keep to a certain beat and it's got like colorful characters and like each scenario is completely different. It's been quite a long running uh, series. Is this your first? This is the first that I have owned, but I've played it before. I think it was the DS game. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Megamix, which just released in Europe, but was available in the summer in, in North America is kind of like a best of, as far as I'm aware, it, it takes, it has levels from all of the previous releases, but then it has new ones as well. It seems to be the case. Yes. Mm. And I've uh, identified at least a few of them in the, in the demo. So there is definitely a compilation of sorts. Right. Yeah. I've noticed a few, um, from what I remember, um, it's a cool little game that that uh, plays to the strengths of the hardware. Like you don't really need, you don't use the touch screen. You just, it's good to have portable because you can play like for three minutes and you finished finished the level. Um, and I've been playing it for I guess an hour. I know Earl's been playing it as well, and it seems like I'm at an advantage from not having played through any of the previous ones. Um, mm-hmm. There's really not much to say about it. I'm, I'm actually interested in, in knowing a bit more about Megamix itself because I've played, um, I have pretty much missed, I don't know if there was actually a, a Rhythm Heaven before the DS one. Oh, I bef- can't remember. No, I don't but know. yeah, I know that it's been a long running saga in Japan. Mm. And for the, I know for a fact that the first one we ever received was the DS one in uh, Europe. Right. Okay. And, uh, back then, I found it really interesting that it had mainly two mechanics. So you could, you, you would play everything with the, with the touch screen. Mm. And there were two things that you could do. You could tap with the stylus or you could tap and flick. And that's where all the rhythm games were based about, mm. right? But later on, when it, it came up out for the Wii and everything, there was a, a Wii version that I think it's also downloadable on the Wii U now and uh, further entries. And those use the buttons, don't they? Yeah, it's just for this. It's um, a, a face B? button like A, and then an like a direction on the D pad. I see. So yeah, just two hands, but buttons, button presses. Yeah. Um, mm, I see. I think that's better because the yeah. touch screen. You're, it's definitely you're, more uncomfortable to to just, handle. Just to hold the control, like hold the handheld and press the touch screen. 
uh, is mm. is harder. Whereas this, you like, it's just a digital button. That's it. It just yeah, right. It, it eliminates any any risk of you getting annoyed because of having to use the touchscreen, which isn't always responsive. I've I found yeah, true. But on the other hand, the 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 one on the DS with the touching the flicking were would have the mini games uh, like specially designed for this mechanic. So, for example, there were some mini games where you would have to, um, like flick peas in the mm. direction of someone's mouth, like to the rhythm, and yeah. and that that doesn't really translate so well with you, with the press of a button because you, you you no longer do the proper movement. The flick, it, right, yeah. it it felt it felt nice when you did that, and um, sure, some of the mini games would be perfectly translated into tapping buttons and such. Mm. But if you played it already on the DS, I'm, I'm guessing that you will feel it different. Sure. Not yeah. really, not necessarily bad, but different. I, w- I wonder if all of the um, levels have made it across or if they cut some out. So maybe maybe some like that that's specifically felt good flicking they've not I would used guess, or something. Yeah. I would guess that some of them were cut or at least readapted somehow. Mm. But yeah, it's, the- it's easily justifiable if you just change the, the prompt to... I don't know, a machine or whatever. Sure. They've, um, this is something that I knew was there before, like a coin flicking, coin toss. You've got to flick it and then press again to catch it after Mm -hmm. exactly three seconds. And then they'll try and like change the beat to put you off the three seconds. It's actually a game where watching what's going on is, makes it more difficult to play and succeed. Yes. (laughs) This is the, this was going to be my next point. Yes. Because the game is, particularly in leading you to ignore whatever you're watching on the screen. Mm. They will intentionally try to distract you from the beat. Well, it, it, yeah, all you need is the sound, basically. All you need is the sound. You can just, you can just play it like with, your, with a blindfold or something, and you will probably be, be better off than watching the screen. Sure. But you would miss like all the beauty of Rhythm Heaven. Yeah, Rhythm it, Paradise. It, it is really nice to look at. Uh, yeah. Just basic cartoon art. It's... It's nice. And the 3D works really well. Um, something that Earl pointed out is the 3D can actually help. Like there's some missions where something's flying from off screen to, to, to like the, the background of the screen and you've got to catch it in between that. Mm-hmm. And you can sort of, you can see its trajectory better with the 3D turned on on the 3DS compared to mm. it just being flat 2D. Yeah. Which again, is like a, a good use of the system. Yeah, indeed. But still, this is definitely a game that you must not play without sound. So the mm. sound is everything. You cannot, you just cannot play it just by looking at it. You yeah. have to keep the rhythm, and you have to practice, and you have to, in some cases, even nail it because the minimal mistake will already count you as a failure. It's my first um, 3DS purchase in as long as I can remember, and it's it's got me to to you know power up my my 3DS for the first time in. In a long really? time, I actually. Out of curiosity, what was the previous one? I can't remember. I I hmm. truly can't remember. Um, around the time of like Animal Crossing New Leaf. Oh boy, that's, like that was a long time ago. Actually, I, I I'm lying because I did charge it and install um, Picross after we talked about it before. Like before going yep. to Holland, I I charged it up and downloaded that, but I didn't even play it. <laughs> yeah, and plus that doesn't really count as a purchase game, so. No, but it, like it's even it even kind of resurrected your 3ds. Yeah, exactly. Um, which is nice, and I've yeah. got that you know, carrying that around in my bag. If I remember that it's there, I play it. <laughs> but that's uh, sometimes I'm just there listening to a podcast, and then I am about to get off the train. It's like 
fuck, it's in my bag. God. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's been cool. And the other big game that I've been playing this week, released this week as well, uh, Jackbox Party Pack 3, mm. which is um, a collection of five full full local multiplayer games. Like, like in their own right, they could have released each one for like three to five euros in all it's like 23 euros for the whole for the whole pack yeah and obviously it's the third set of them and i am actually enjoying these way more than the second <laughs> um release the the key to th- all of the jackbox games since since the first pack like before before the first pack they would be known they were known for you don't know jack yeah which was just a trivia that was kind of quirky and had a had like cookie masterson which was like this uh lovable sh- like show host you don't know jack was really good the The problem that i have with it is that it was too oriented for american audiences most of the questions were a bit too um, much that now that is still that is still a problem here actually I my see. my biggest problem with the game it's not like an inherent problem uh you know like with the mechanic or gameplay or anything it's just that there's some stuff that just doesn't work f- for a non-american player Hmm. Um, whether that's trivia, like one of the games, um, that I've been playing, there's, there's like five games and we can only play two as two player between myself and Lorena. So I'm looking forward to playing, this will be, this will feature heavily during the marathon. I guess that's the first announced game for the, for the 24 hour marathon that we'll do on the 12th of November. Um, I've been playing it a few also with, with some, with some streamers on beam. So I will, I can definitely join you over, I think. Nice. Okay. Well, let's, let's, um, let's talk about. The first one that springs to mind is a game called Gespionage. Mm-hmm. And all of the games are up to, uh, not all of the games, okay. Most of the games are up to eight player. Eight so, players. Um, a couple of like six player. Eight players plus audience. So if yes. you happen to be, if you happen to be streaming or so, then everyone in the audience, I think it's up to 100 players extra. Uh, I think it was up to 10,000. In some games, maybe. Maybe. But basi- know, basically, basically, there's the players and they have the real control, but then some games play it like a uh, audience votes will actually count in. So in a game like Quiplash, in which you're um, just trying to say something stupid, it's like, here's a prompt, come up with a stupid answer to it. Two people, mm-hmm. two people, you know, face off against each other and people vote on what they thought was the best. So sometimes the audience vote will differ from the player votes and will actually swing the the sort of final result there yeah um so i guess i guess we've now explained quiplash that was quiplash this contains quiplash 2 um and it i haven't got to play it yet because it's three player but gespionage is based on data the the premise is that um we're looking at uh like cia you know agency data that's been collected like or fbi data that's been collected from u.s citizens and it will say what percentage of people um sleep with their socks on or something like that and you have to (laughs) i see and if the first the person who's up for that question uh says exactly what percentage they think it is and then every other player has to say whether they think whether they think the result is higher or lower than their percentage guess is it real data 
Um, it's real data. It's not real oh. FBI or, C- or CIA data. No, 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 data. of course. But I mean, um, it's actual they, data that someone took the time to collect. I, I think what they've probably done is Jackbox like opened up a like a like whatever. a survey with a hundred questions and got people to try and answer as truthfully as possible. Um, <laughs> but sometimes the percentages um, don't match what I would have thought. Like I just way off from my from my understanding or they're super super american and i just haven't got a clue like how many people like one of them was like how many people own a library have a current active library card it's like (laughs) well i don't know like libraries and are not really what they used to be so i'd imagine like less than 10 percent it ended up being like 44 percent or something oh wow yeah it was surprising to me and that's that kind of takes away from it where you don't really believe the the data or you it doesn't resonate but it's a cool, it's a cool game and each of these games are super characterful the the other one that I can talk about is uh trivia murder party I played that <laughs> it's it's a tri- it's just a trivia game except that before going to the next question anyone who answered it wrong uh does like a forfeit challenge where they could die <laughs> or like lose a finger um which will stop them like it's like a one two three or four like are the answers you can you have to answer which one and if you lose a finger then you if you like lose your pinky you'll never be able to answer uh w- with answer number four basically uh-huh. um and if you die you can come back at the end and try and win it all like there's a final round where the last person that was alive is trying to escape but they're like two questions ahead of everyone else, but everyone's answering the same question. So if they fall behind, somebody could take their spot and like win the game in the last yeah. round. That was it's, a really nice concept. I really liked it. Yeah, it's a cool twist. It's it's fun that they they they're coming up with like original concepts, you know, five at a time every year. Uh, mm. That that's really cool. Um, yeah, and then there's a couple more. Did you manage to play any others yourself on that stream? Yeah, I played TKO as well. Okay, yeah, I really want to try that. That looks a bit like Drawful to me. It's not quite like Drawful. It's more or less like, like, it actually has more similarities between, I would call it a crossover between Quiplash and Drawful. Sure. So so here's the deal. In TKO, first they will tell you just draw anything, whatever you want. Mm. So they will give you like a background color that you can choose between, I think, three. Mm-hmm. And then they give you some colors, just draw whatever you want. And you just throw it there, and you submit it. Uh, it has a very, very long setup phase, uh, okay. TKO, but that's that's something that you should know. So you you just it's not something that you just start and play immediately. It takes maybe fifteen minutes to start. So you, after your first drawing, they will tell you, okay, now do a second drawing. You just submit a second drawing, and once everyone has done that, um, they will tell you now insert as many slogans as you can. It doesn't have to be related to anything. Just just enter whatever you think that would be nice and fun to be on a T-shirt. And you have your keyboard. You can submit as many as you can in the time given, which is like 60 seconds. Okay. So you start typing slogans uh, like, I'm with stupid or stuff like that. And um, later on, the game just combines any of the drawings submitted by the players with any of the, <laughs> with any of the slogans. Yeah. And gives you a few choices. So here's the the drawings that you can choose, and here's the slogans you can choose. Make the best T-shirt out of that. 
Are they okay. all your slogans and all your drawings? No. They get mixed up. No, no, no. Up. They can be your drawings. They can be someone else's. They can be your slogans. They can be someone else's. <sighs> okay. But you have to you have to work with like four different options. Let's say you have like three drawings mm. and uh, six slogans, and you have to make two T-shirts out of that. Okay. All right. So <laughs> once you have done that, and once everyone has done that, they're basically displaying the T-shirts in a one versus one fashion. Sure. So it's like. This t-shirt versus t- this t-shirt. Which one is better? Mm. And people vote. And that's the quiplash like element. And that's the quiplash like element because yeah. you get like uh, you you get to fight in one versus one, and whichever wins, then it stays. The other one gets destroyed and never be seen again. And um, you keep doing that. You keep doing that, and maybe you uh, on the last um, the the last versus match of the bracket gets like a bonus. So you you get like two different bonuses. The streak bonus, which is the one that gets voted the most on that round. Mm-hmm. And the, the gauntlet bonus, which is the one that, that finish up the best or the last, you know? Mm. It could be that, I think that's a little bit unfair perhaps, but it could be like one t-shirt is winning like six different rounds altogether. And on the very last one, it gets one better. And that one gets voted and that one gets the gauntlet bonus. I don't think that's really fair, but mm. I'm guessing it even, it evens out with the, with the streak thing. So, uh, second round is pretty much the same thing, but with different shirts that you get to choose again. And then um, the final round is uh, only the winners get selected and only the winners are pitched against each other. So you get the two gauntlet bonus or the three gauntlet bonus versus the the three streak bonuses or the three streak winners, and they all get mixed up. Mm. And the one who wins or the one who makes like the most voted one, the one that ends the final round, that's the one who wins. And then it gets printed out on and a T-shirt. You can pretty much, yeah, not exactly, but you can pretty much print any T-shirt that was designed in the game, for, for, not for free, but you you can actually buy it. It, it links up to a storefront yeah. kind of thing. It links up <laughs> to a store. So whenever you finish the round, you get, okay, here's the gallery. You want any of these printed? $18. Mm. And you can get it if you want. That's a cool so concept. Um, it's a really cool concept. Yeah. I, li- I like the idea of pitting the same like the winning t-shirt against the next one basically in like a tournament bracket exactly it's all it's all themed like that it seems to be like a martial arts tournament so to speak or right. that's the way the game is pitching it to you yeah like characters but, fighting kind of thing but t-shirts <laughs> yeah um because you couldn't do that with quiplash because of course each quip is tied to a certain phrase Theme so you wouldn't yeah you wouldn't be able to disassociate it from that and pit it against another winning quip because it just wouldn't make any sense this is 100% user generated content so anything is just made by you there is no you you of course if you cannot think of anything to draw or anything to as long to put there is a suggestion button that you can hit Mm. for free you can just like in order to get inspired or whatever yeah and you get half points I guess like no no it's not even that because because only you you can only get the points when you when you combine the t-shirt together so not not when you do the drawing so I see I see in case you're not inspired or anything you can just put press the button and sure. that's that okay but yeah my, it's a fun game I liked it my favourite two games from Jackbox are Quiplash and Drawful so this sounds like it could be <laughs> you know the, the next great one yeah um, this is something that I look forward to play with you guys one piece of feedback I guess for for the Jackbox games that several people have had is that some of them are just too complicated and they take so long to set up that if you're in just a really freewheeling like party situation um that isn't directly focused on playing these games 
they can be a little bit heavy. Like this one sounds like it would be a, you'd need a, you need like the investment of the room to get into. Right. Um, yeah. I'm okay with that. Like we've got the perfect venue for that coming up. So I'm looking forward to playing it in like the right, uh, environment. But I guess that's, that's something that knocks these games for, for certain, certain audiences. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely helps if you have friends coming over. It's one of the best games to play. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. Super fun every time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one more game from the pack. It's called Faking It. Uh, I haven't tried that. I, we're not going to be able to play that with you. We're going to be, be able to play that with the four of us in the room here. Um, uh, so it involves the actual presence of players. Yeah, I'll try my best to explain it. I know that that's <laughs> my specialty. Um, you are asked a question um, and then you have to like point at the person that best fits it. So like who, who in the room would you most like to get to know better? And then you point at the, you point at the person in the room that uh, you would like to get to know better. Mm-hmm. But one person of the group didn't get the prompt. So they, they know that they have <laughs> to point at someone, but they don't know why. I see. And so you then have like a 45 second um, like stage where people can ask questions to each other, like justify why you said that and then see somebody is definitely faking it and has to like come up on the spot. They only find out what they're pointing about when it, when they've already pointed. So immediately, if you're the one who's faking it, has been assigned as the faker, you have to come up with some backstory as to justify your your reason, like your your decision. Okay. Um, and then there's other ones, there's other rounds that play on this idea, like ones that involve you answering a question by writing something out. And then the person who's faking it gets different prompts, but they're kind of similar themed. So, ah. <laughs> so there's like, a, so obviously, if you if you are lucky, it will kind of fit, but be a bit weird. But if you're unlucky, then it will just completely seem out of place. For example, Hilarity like, ensues. what is your go-to midnight snack? And the person who was like, this was on the, one of Jackbox's streams. I was watching it because I couldn't play it myself. Um, it's like, what? what is your favorite midnight snack? And the person who was faking it had something completely different. And their answer to this question was raw tuna and they were like justifying it's like i i just love sushi <laughs> but it, it was complete it, it, he ended up being like the faker but you basically have like three chances as a group to find the faker and so your answer that you know some of these games you'll like answer a few prompts you like stack up some prompts and then it will just play out like in quiplash you won't do one round of quips you'll you'll fill in like two or three and then let the game play out. Basically, uh-huh. the the you would sit there. Everyone would get their three questions lined up one after the other, but the faker would get their like alternate versions lined up one after the other. So <laughs> you're then you're then given like a few chances to to you know find the faker. But it's always the same faker. It's the same faker. So maybe you're suspecting two guys after round one. And then you're suspecting one of those two guys even more after their really weird answer in round two. Um, <laughs> it seems like it's very difficult to win. And I guess that I don't know if there's any incentive to mess with that. I guess not. Like if you're not, if you're not the faker, 
could you throw the game off by like putting a really weird answer in Mm. Um, it sounds like a really fun fun game to play with friends though and it's just it basically it's one that we're not going to be able to do with you over the stream because we need to see you pointing and know who you're pointing at and like that kind of stuff but i would definitely have a blast watching you guys (laughs) yeah that i'm looking forward to that one again it sounds quite involved um but it's going to be perfect for like a four to five person scenario in in the same room nice um and that was that was the party pack three. So I, I I highly recommend any of the Jackbox releases. They've done some standalone stuff like Quiplash and um, Drawful Two. Drawful Two, yes, Drawful Two. We will definitely be playing as well because there isn't a new Drawful in this pack. Um, mm. I did go back and play the the second pack, and those those don't quite hit as well as the original pack or the new ones or they're the, st- or the they're still good but but it's definitely yeah. the weakest of the three packs i think yeah definitely definitely but still still well, worth they're it still really good yeah if you like i actually have the game i have the second pack because it was available in the humble monthly at some point but i mm. think you have it in your library so i would have been able to play it yeah anyway i've got i've got both one and two right didn't get three yet but i will yeah we'll we'll, we'll play it soon enough and then you can steal it from my library whenever you whenever you guys want I would suggest you and Maggie give Gespionage and uh, Trivia Murder Party a go don't like burn yourselves out on it because we will be playing it soon yes (laughs) Um, but yeah that's that's a cool release that's really cool I was looking forward to that I've been following them on Twitter waiting for them to release this and uh, yeah great great set of local multiplayer games that aren't just don't require gamer skill like anyone, they just require friends. Ex- they just require heartbeats and warm bodies. <laughs> <laughs> and a sense of humor, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you don't have a sense of humor, just play Trivial Pursuit or something. Right, yeah, and fuck off. Have some milk. <laughs> um, I'll just end on saying that I've been playing some Mini Metro, which I don't know if you've played much of it. I know it. I'm playing it from your library. This is another one. I've played it a little bit, but not too much. Maybe like a couple of goes until sure. I just collapsed my metro. I, I had no, I hadn't no idea what how it played out. I knew that you were basically. It looks like a metro map, like a you know abstract colored lines to to you know black and white dots. Hmm. Um, but I didn't know if you were just designing a metro map from zero. The way the way the game actually works is that it will every so often give you a new station, and you've got to link that up to other stations you like by creating a new line or extending the line over and eventually make sure that each station is getting enough traffic to to not overload and then you get game over basically if you have too many people piled up at the same station it's yeah. it's a nice um it's a puzzle game initially basically. relaxing yeah it's a puzzle game it's initially relaxing because it's like got plinky serene music and it looks like minimalist but then you're soon playing a proper puzzle management game. Yeah. After um, 10, 15 minutes, you will start seeing, oh, okay, maybe I could have done this better. Oh, maybe I should actually have connected this to something. Oh, right. Stuff like that. Yeah, I've played a few matches to improve each time, like start making some circular um, lines before mm-hmm. just extending them out forever. Um, and it's released this week or last this week. week. Yeah. No, Li- I- yeah. 
not long enough. I mean, if it was last week, it was Friday. Yeah, so. I think it was. I think it released around Friday on uh, definitely iOS. I guess it's out on Android as well. I don't know, but definitely iOS. Yeah, so um, that is retailing for five euros, and I guess it's cross cross by <laughs> <laughs> uh, across iOS and uh, iPhone and iPad. Um, it I, probably is. That yeah. seems like a great fit for that game. The, that platform, like touch control, seems like a fantastic fit. It plays very well on PC, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. You just need a, you just need a Click, mouse. Drag, that's it. Exactly. You don't need to fit about with any special controls. So that's pretty cool. Um, and that's been that's gotten like indie game awards f- since it released. Like its year of release, I guess it was last year. Yeah, it was last year. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm, it should, a, I'm it should a big get... fan of of the style. I really love the style of Mini Metro. Yeah. And as you say, the serene music, calm stuff, it kind of deceives you mm-hmm. into thinking you are playing like a calm thing or like, yeah, yeah <laughs> I'm not going to pay a lot of attention. Oh, this is cool. I can just like drag, draw my own lines. Yeah. Nice. That's fun. Yeah. And then you're, oh, halfway through, like maybe 15 minutes in, like, it's like, oh, oh no, actually I'm a play- I'm playing a puzzle game. I did yeah. everything wrong. Yep. And I'm overloaded. Start over. Uh, yeah, that should get a nice shot in the arm from releasing on a new set of platforms. Um, let's switch over and talk about what you've been playing or where you've been going, Bob. Yeah, sure. Um, you've, you've mentioned that you revived your 3DS. I kind of have done the same, but on, on a different level. I do not own Rhythm Paradise yet, but I will. Hmm. What I've been playing on the DS mostly is, um, aside from the demo from Pokemon Sun and Moon, which I'm sure you may have tried as well. I haven't. <laughs> I recommend you do that. Okay. And, and that's all I'm going to say about it because it's, it's demo after all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing a little bit more of Monster Hunter Generations, which I've already talked about in a past episode. Sure. But what I want to talk about this time is a different mode that they implemented on Generations that I have not tried until now, which is the what they call the Prowler mode. Um, yeah, you mentioned this last time that you could play as a as a cat class, right? Right. Um before, on Monster Hunter previous entries, they would always introduce like a new kind of weapon or something that changed the, the gameplay completely. Mm. In this, aside of uh, showing the hunter arts and styles, they also introduced the Prowler mode, which is play as a cat. And the cat mode arguably could be said that it's kind of like a beginner mode. Let me elaborate. Mm. Um, when you play as a hunter, a human hunter or monster hunter, it has a lot of layers of complexity. So humans are not really used to high or low temperatures and they have to be regulating it with hot beverages or, or cold beverages. Mm. They have to sharpen their weapons every now and then because otherwise they will not deal as much damage. They have a stamina meter to deal with. They've got like, um, yeah, many, many other layers like item management and all that. But the Prowler mode kind of takes all of those factors out. You have a weaker character. Mm. You will not do as much damage as, as a hunter does. But um, instead of using items, you can set up certain skills that will charge over time. You have a meter of segments, so to speak, that will fill up whenever you hit a monster. And uh, each one of the skills that you choose has like a cost to activate. Some like two some segments, one segment, two segments. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One segment, two segments, five, zero, some of them. Mm. Uh, for example, if you if you specialize on on a healing cat, you can have uh, a decent heal for two segments, a really big heal for three, or a small for for zero segments. But the the trick is that 
they have some sort of casting time and you have to be like playing the flute for like five seconds. And those five seconds, you're completely vulnerable to, to be yeah. hit. But you're vulnerable when you're, you're like cooking, yeah. cook in the, like the human class, like drinking, the same thing, eat, yeah. like cooking food, um, um, eating the food, even, I don't know, sharpening your weapon and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that makes you vulnerable. So mm-hmm. uh, knowing the exact moment when to use these things are like key to victory. So for the for the skills that have a cost, generally the vulnerability time can be compared to the same as the human hunters. But for those that are free, especially the healing one, it's noticeably longer. Mm. So it's it may be that you actually start like casting the heals for all your team because it, it, it affects everyone in the room. It's really nice. But they may actually get hurt more often than you can heal them. <laughs> right. So yeah. it, it's a bit of balancing, yeah, what you do, what you don't do. Um Furthermore, one more thing that the the prowlers have is that they before they can faint and countess died, so to speak, in the human hunter, if your health reaches zero, you die and mm-hmm. you get teleported back to to the to the camp. But prowlers have like three lives. They have like some sort of acorns that whenever your HP goes to zero, you just get unconscious on the floor, then it gets up, eats one, and back in the fight immediately. And it's only when you have run out of acorns that you lose a life if you die again. So it's a nice thing to to get used to the game or to or to play a support class or something if you don't want to take all the complexity that Monster Hunter has, which is part of the beauty, in my opinion. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but it's a nice... I'm not going to say chilled out play mode because it really isn't. Mm. But let's say it, it's a nice alternative to have. If you don't want to be like... Yeah, I just don't want to deal with sharpening and all these item management and such. You can pretty much like empty the inventory of the cats and everything you gather, every single slot in your inventory is for what stuff you gather and you can bring it back. For hunters, no. You 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 have your items that you can use and that's already taking space in your inventory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's a nice change and, and it's definitely cheaper to upgrade equipment for cats, so... Yeah, <laughs> well, I, hey. I get, I don't know what stopped me from playing more Monster Hunter because I have played it. Uh, one of the, I think it was the first 3DS release, uh, three, mm. three Ultimate, Ultimate, yeah. And I'm not sure if just removing some of the complexity layers is what would draw me back in. Like, I could, I could see it potentially helping. Like, if the thing that, re- that I really liked about Monster Hunter was just the combat, like the act mm-hmm. of hunting. Find, it's know, very skill based. It, there's a lot of skill involved. Yeah, in, but in if, Monster Hunter, if it was a case of just liking that, but not liking some of the extra fiddly layers, then I guess that's what that's doing. But mm. I think fundamentally, I ha- I I just didn't get on with the act of moving around, like the 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 way that the combat felt. Like I mm. like Dark Souls in terms of deliberate movement and then strategy and um not just hammering attack buttons, but Monster Hunter's Monster Hunter's gameplay was just a bit too too far for me. Mm-hmm. Mm. Maybe you didn't get far enough uh, because the, the more complex the monsters get, the more strategy that you have to apply and you have to start moving in certain patterns and trying to like learn the tells of the monster whenever he's going to do any attack. Maybe you know what how to do or how to move. Mm. But yeah, in any way, if if there was anyone in the fence that has played Monster Hunter before, why would you return now on Generations? Because it's more Monster Hunter. So why would you do that? I would say because Generations is probably the Monster Hunter made 
to celebrate, like, I think it's the 10th anniversary of the franchise. So mm-hmm. they included a crap ton of monsters back in. There is a lot of enemy variety. Uh, you've got all the weapons that they have ever been in the game. And, uh, and they've also included new ways to play it. So it's, it's a new Monster Hunter, but it's the same Monster Hunter. So, so they, sh- they should have called it Monster Hunter Mega Mix, is what you're saying. Perhaps. <laughs> it doesn't have quite the ring to it. Because <laughs> they, in, in fact, um, the way it's called in Japan is not even Generations. It's called Monster Hunter Cross for some reason. But Generations was called here in Europe because apparently it takes uh, monsters from every generation from Monster Hunter. First, right. the second, the third, and the portable entries. Mm-hmm. Monsters that were only seen in the PSP games that were never seen in the Nintendo consoles. They also made it here. Oh, wow. Stuff like that. So so it, it has a lot of content. And, and that's what Monster Hunter is all about. So new mm-hmm. content, new monsters, new ways to play it. Hmm. But the reason why most people I know didn't get it, it was... Because it didn't really innovate enough. It was just not, not new enough or not, not just different enough to justify another purchase after 4 Ultimate. Sure. So I can understand that. I can yeah. respect that. Yeah. But yeah. If you've been, if you've, if you've been playing or if you've played most of the recent releases, but not enough that you're just obsessed with it, then I mm-hmm. could see, I could see that justification for sure. Yes. And I understand it. I'm kind of obsessed with it, so I just <laughs> it's an it's an instant purchase. And uh furthermore, I think they're gonna announce the new entry in a few days. Oh yeah? I think they're gonna do a, a Monster Hunter Nintendo Direct in Japan. For th- and there's a lot of stunts around like a lot of publicity going around this Nintendo Direct, so it all points that it's gonna be a new entry. Okay. Do you think a three DS game? Perhaps yes. Yeah. either a three DS game or maybe a, a new Switch game. Who knows? It could be interesting to see a Monster Hunter Switch with online capabilities. Mm-hmm. And if it ever makes it to the West, because that's another thing. 75% of Monster Hunter games do never make it to the West. Like at least one of each generation, but... Yeah. Yeah. that That's Japan's trend with Monster Hunter. They just released a numbered entry, like Monster Hunter 2, 3. Mm-hmm. And then a few months later, they released uh, what they call a G version. Yeah. Monster Hunter 2G or 3G, which is what one in Europe called the, the ultimate version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Three ultimate for ultimate. And those are the ones we get. I'm, I'm glad that ultimate. we only get one of each. Yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. Yes, I think getting the ultimate compilations is definitely the way to go because numbered entries are not really... Knowing that it's going to be like a, a newer, fresher, with more content entry shop following shortly after, why would you buy it? I think it makes sense. It sounds like the sort of iPhone numbered followed by the up, you know, updated, better, slightly, slightly, you know, faster yep. version. There will be there will be a number of people who actually buy it, mm. but most people will think, yeah, well, I the one I have is enough. And yeah, I understand. Right. Yeah, and then there's like now knowing that this is how they've done it and they've done it for several games now mm. you know you're sort of trained to expect an ultimate version later on or a g version later on yes i wonder if that Indeed. will ever change now is this the first like this is the first one out of that rhythm since they started doing that the generation well it's not really a numbered entry so maybe uh, we could call it monster hunter 4 gg gg Mm -hmm. i I don't know maybe it's just because it's not a number entry i think this kind of falls out the rule somehow or makes a new rule sure yeah but yeah anyway okay so that's enough about monster hunter um 
another thing that I've been playing is um, the I, I've continued with my backlog challenge. I haven't forgotten that you guys told me to play Deus Ex Human Revolution. So I've been playing that as well. And um, one one thing that I have at at first I had like mixed feelings with Hideo Sex Human Revolution because I I did not really understand uh, most of the the routes and ways that I could proceed through the missions. Okay. So it's like okay, you have to go to this place, but you cannot you cannot go because you're not strong enough to move the obstacles that are on the way. All right. Sure. Yeah. And it's like. But this is my main quest, and I do not have enough experience points to make myself stronger. So, so what do I do? Mm-hmm. And it's, it didn't. Ha- it happened to me that I spent maybe like twenty minutes stuck looking for a way to get in, only to realize that perhaps I was not looking all around me. Very often happens that I just look up, mm-hmm. and I see like a ladder that I can go through that somehow evaded me before. It definitely made me more aware of my surroundings. And uh, and that's a good thing. That's something that no other game has actually made me do before. I was so used to first-person streamlined games yeah, that this kind of made me more aware that, oh, okay, I can just look around and I, I have to be aware of everything that is around me. Maybe I can just like grab a box and put it here and maybe I can make myself my own ladder. Yeah. It made me think outside of the box a little bit, which is a good thing. I really like that. That's my favorite part about these games. Just mm-hmm. I've played through Mankind Divided and I I played through this one Human Revolution when it was originally released and that's what's what what they've got going for them like they're not realistic um, they're pretty confined within what they do but your what they do they do very well yeah exactly what they what they do in and that is like giving you scenarios and giving you locations to get to but giving you the freedom to work it out yourself like it's not just a case of stealth versus shooting within stealth there are many there are many ways to do that and of course you should spec your experience points for like speech and so on so that you can try and get your way out of combat as much as possible but uh there's lots of different air like you could find like a like a duct an air duct to go through or you know yeah go up that ladder and climb through or Create your own path. Yeah, I really like mm-hmm. them. So, how much? How much have you played so far? I played the intro mission, and after that, I got the world open up to me, mm. and uh, I wanted to explore it a little bit. And I, I wasted not really wasted, but I've spent some time into the into the side quests. Okay. At the moment, the the main quest that I have to do is apparently I have to get into a morgue and get to a a, a, a dead body somewhere. And uh, my only way, or my only safe way in, was to talk to the the secretary that that is in the entrance mm. and and convince my way through it. But I I totally botched that. So <laughs> he ended up being super angry at me. Do never talk to me again. <laughs> Just get get out of my life. Mm. And it's like, okay, well that went well. So <laughs> I can do two things now. Either I get my gun and shoot every single policeman in the <laughs> in Detroit to get my way in, or Maybe I can sneak my way around, but the problem with sneaking around is what I mentioned before. Mm. I, I have like a really high uh, fence that I cannot climb for some reason. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a nutmeg motherfucker. And I cannot just jump a single fence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so I need to spend some points into getting my arms stronger and maybe move a container so I can jump it. Mm. And uh, that's what I'm doing right now. What uh, I what I um. 
I think I, t- I said this when I was playing Mankind Divided is I'll hold on to the experience points, like the points you can spend, uh, until you get to a point where you specifically need to need something like don't, don't, uh, put points into the strength until you get to that, um, big box that you, you're not strong enough to move. This is very good advice. This is definitely very good advice. I would recommend <laughs> anyone playing the game to, to follow it. Mm. Cause, cause my first three points, I spend them over on speech. Yeah. On, and then to, onto these, uh, eye augmentations to like recognize twitches in people's faces. So they would tell me the personality there is and such. Sure. And even though I recognize that, I still botch it <laughs> <laughs> because I'm really bad with people, apparently. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, maybe I should have saved my points into something else. But right now I'm following exactly that. So mm. whenever I get a praxis point, which is yeah. w- what you require to level up, I just leave it there until I need anything very, very specific. Sure. So, so I do that. But here's the thing. The negative, the most negative aspect that I have for Deus Ex is that this is a game that has made what VR didn't make. It's actually making me physically sick. Mm. Yeah, you mentioned. What What do you think it is? Is it like a tight frame of view? What, what's the I deal? do not know. I, I, it's definitely not the first-person perspective because I played many first-person games. Yeah. I think, my theory is, that whenever I play Deus Ex, I have a really, really bad case of screen tearing. Okay. Okay. And that whenever I whenever I turn around or look up or something, I see the very noticeable screen tearing, and my brain tries to process the two locations and fries or something. Mm. <laughs> but but yeah, after a while, I start getting I start getting a headache when I play this, and either I move the camera really slowly around, which is not an option when you use a controller, or I get I start getting queasy. So mm. my sessions are rather short. You haven't found a way to. I haven't found a way. Stop I've it. tried pretty much everything. I tried activated the options. I've tried deactivated the options and forcing the the graphics card to to vsync right, to sixty right. fps or something. I've tried many different options, but none of them solved it. Okay, nothing on the like the community forum on Steam. Yeah, many options, but none of them work. Mm. At least on my case, maybe um, maybe it's because the game already has a few years and those options worked back then, but not anymore. Maybe yeah, they've been updated into obsolescence or something. Maybe so. Uh, but yeah, in any case, this is not really going to take me away from the game. I'm definitely going to continue and finish it mm-hmm. because it's it's a really interesting premise. I'm really liking the that it's making me look around and get aware of my surroundings. The stealth is really good. The mm-hmm. The dialogue options are interesting. So overall, I'm looking forward to, to continue it. I've never really played any of the Deus Ex old games, okay. even though I own them. It sounds like it from the way you're talking about the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so I'm looking forward to see if I actually finish this game, if I should go back to the other entries and see how they evolved. Mm. Mm, no. They kind of aged poorly, didn't they? Um, they do hold up. I just don't think you need to do that. Like, if you were going to do that and you were interested, they definitely, I think they hold up. I think, like, the original Deus Ex would be interesting to try and play. Um, other than that, other similar games would be, like, System Shock 2 is fantastic. I've oh, not yeah, finished yeah, that I yet. Have to, I have to finish that. Yeah, I started, but never finished it. And um, I think I've, I bought Thief 2 with the intention of playing it for the first time soon. Um, my only Thief game was Deadly Shadows, which was the third one. And I played that on the original Xbox. And People that's say similar, that's the best entry. I think it's 
well, <laughs> I have no other point of reference except for the like the 2013 game, which was shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a cool game, and it's got one of the scariest uh, like horror levels in in a game, uh, including fully like horror games. Um, very effective, like orphanage stuff, like ghostly orphanage. Oh boy! Um, yeah, <laughs> but. It's hitting all the checkboxes for me. Yeah. <laughs> but mankind, mankind divided is is very good, I think. Um, but I think you'd have to have a bit of separation. I don't think you could just go and play that one as soon as you're done with with uh, Human Revolution. Yeah, I I think I would probably go Mankind Divided before going, going back. back to the old entries. Yeah, it sounds like a good idea. Mm. Okay. Right. So, what else? Um, very briefly, I'm going to talk about Heroes of the Storm because they have made a big update on the past week. Mm-hmm. They've added a new game mode they call the Brawl, which is uh, very much inspired in the Hearthstone and Overwatch Brawl mode. They make a very special circumstances in the game happen. So in this case, for example, for this week, it was uh, a special map that only has one lane instead of three. Mm. And it focused entirely on the player versus player combat, less about the farming uh, the minions and sieging towers and stuff it was all about killing other players mm. for each for each player that you would kill you would you would get four points and then each of the teams have like a big they call it the punisher the figure which is like a giant with a really huge health bar and um if you kill one of those you get 10 points so the first the first team to get 100 points wins okay but the tricky thing is that this is not really the only thing that changes in this mode. On the Brawl, at least this week, I'm guessing that this will be changing every week. But this time, they would before the start of every round, they would give you only three heroes to choose from instead of the whole roster. It doesn't matter if you own them or not. You mm. would only get three options. Sure. And uh, in some cases, they would limit yourself to a role. Maybe you would only get like three support heroes, sometimes three assassin heroes. And uh, I had one particularly fun entry where everyone had the same hero to choose three times. So every single player was playing the same hero, which was Vala from Diablo 3. And uh, wow, that was, yeah, that was a particularly insane. <laughs> um, really nice take on the, on, on the variety. So this definitely, and it gives you cool rewards. If you play three times this mode over the week, you get a nice chunk of, in-game currency to buy some heroes and a special portrait. Hmm. That's cool. Okay. And um, another thing that I tried was the the unranked draft mode. This is something that has been already going on for a while, but it always intimidated a little bit because um, this is how esports work. Basically, okay. on the draft mode, esports do it like this. The ranked mode is like this, and I was not feeling prepared. But this weekend, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm just going to give it a try, see how it works. Uh, the way it works is that instead of choosing a character before you start the game, like you usually do, first they tell you what map you're going to play in. And because the maps are different and because they have different strategies, that may actually influence on how your team should be composed. So they throw you into a lobby with your team. And uh, you have all the heroes you want to choose from and the free rotations. Um First off, one of the teams will ban one of the heroes so that nobody can pick it. Mm -hmm. And then the other team will ban another hero. 
And then the teams will start taking turns into which one to pick. So one team picks one, another team picks the other one, then goes back to the other team, picks two at the same time, and then the other team picks another two. So you can still react. So you see, okay, so the other team is picking this. I know that this other hero is nice and nice counter or something. Mm. It The strategy begins even before the game begins. So it begins in the lobby. This is what I know of MOBAs because I right. probably, I've mainly watched tournaments because i like yes. the idea of something of a video game getting to that stage of you know that that level of popularity exactly um, and yeah they're like you, you have you're able to ban heroes from mm-hmm. from use tactically yeah. to prevent them from being in a position to defend against you and your next pick kind of th- thing like that right or just because you don't like any particular character or you know that it's especially powerful. I don't know. Yeah, you know, you're no good against it or something, yeah. Hmm. In our case, for the, for the games that I've had last weekend, uh, the first band choice, it was always the newest hero. Okay. Because I don't know if people do not really trust the balance that they have. Maybe it's too powerful. Mm. I haven't really had a big time to try it yet. I know it's specially focused or to kill other heroes, but maybe they just feel uncomfortable with the idea. It was always the first ban. Sure. But yeah, any case, draft mode is where, where stuff gets real. So it's no longer, yeah, you play for you play. There is already some coordination to be made. And, uh, if you already, if you, I was playing unranked, but if you go on ranked mode, then that's just in a whole other level. <laughs> so the salt is <laughs> affluent. <laughs> In that mode, so are there entry requirements those, to even get into the ranked, or you can just? Play? I do, I do have the requirements, but but I have never tried it yet. So there are, I there are entry ready. requirements then. Yeah, you must be player level thirty in order okay. to enter thirty out of forty, mm-hmm. and um, you need to at least own um, ten different heroes on level five each. Oh wow! So you need to have spent a lot of time in order to to get to ranked. M- meaning wow. that everyone there is fucking crazy. <laughs> Not fucking crazy because they that just means that they played enough and they want to play ranked because they want to have their rank. But people mm-hmm. who play ranked, they play to win. Right. That's what I so, that's what I mean, I guess. <laughs> exactly. If you are if you are choosing a special character before because you have a daily quest that that I don't know, play three games with this character, do not go to ranked to do that. Right. Because the, people will call you out for that, and you may be actually costing someone their rank, and mm. they're going to be arguably mad at you. Can you go into yeah. a ranked with a full team of friends? Yes, okay. you can, and it's actually recommended for sure. Like so, I would not, if I cared enough about it, I would not want to go out there and you know leave it to the chance of who I'm paired with. To that's to actually decide. a separate. It's actually a separate uh, mode altogether. Okay. So you have the hero league, which you can queue by yourself mm-hmm. or only with one friend. And that's like your individual rank. Sure. Right? And then you have the team league. The team league is like rank mode for full teams uh, okay. only. So that's that's really cool. This is something that I, that I will never play. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's something that I miss from other games. Um, from other games that I used to play competitively. Overwatch should have that. I don't understand yeah. why it doesn't. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. um, but like, even like racing games, I'd like if there were more systems where you that supported you having a full squad or like a full team. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah, um, I, I I really like the brawl 
mode from Overwatch because it's a really good way of getting you to try different characters that you might not normally play with. And yeah. some, some of them just don't work. Like uh, the ones that were just Farah and Mercy, where you <laughs> would just, everyone was flying about, like was completely crazy, uh, entertaining for maybe a couple of rounds, but then it's like, okay, I'm just going to go play normal normal overwatch but if if it can get you to play a couple of matches every week in this new mode or new you know you know mix up and then once you're in feel like playing more of the game that's that's they've won basically yeah pretty much they they've got sometimes really really creative entries like lucio ball for example that was one of brawl sure yeah uh, or the junkenstein's revenge with the halloween event that is I going tried, on right i now. tried that that's this week really, that's really cool mm. i really like it uh, but yeah, most of them are very hit and miss. Yeah. But yeah, so far it's a, it's a mode that is nice to have. You don't have to play it if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. There's really no reward if you do. Yeah. So if you play it, it has to be for fun anyway. But yeah, uh, that's it for Heroes of the Storm. I'm going to close up with something not video game related that I have experienced today. Mm-hmm. It was just before I, I came in for this podcast, I've had a, a team event with my workmates and um, we were taken to uh, a live escape the room uh, establishment. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, they would have different rooms that are all themed after movies. In in my case, in my team, we were directed to one called uh, After uh, Wall Street. Uh, this Leonardo DiCaprio movie. Wolf of Wall Street. Okay. Wolf of have Wall you Street. have you watched the film? I have not. <laughs> that seems to be quite a key component. <laughs> Which w- you would think so, but no, it only actually okay. established the the theme of the of the Just room. The flavor, but it does yeah. not. It does not really imply that that if you actually watch the movie, like inherent knowledge. Advantage. Yeah, yeah. There was an alien uh, ambience movie. There was another one, uh, Mission Impossible themed stuff like that hmm. but yeah in our case uh, th- we were given the task of uh, finding out the whereabouts of a rogue fbi agent um that has that has scammed a lot of money out of wall street and is now on the run and we, we were given the keys to his office and they would just drop us inside the room and look for clues mm. how many how many people were you uh, our team was made by six people okay so regularly it was uh, two to eight players, the rooms. Mm-hmm. Six people was like the average. And um, they would drop us in the room and we would start like looking about maybe like lifting furniture to see if we could actually find um, any any kind of clue. We had a, a cabinet with files inside, different uh, fake profiles that were made specifically for the game. We had a monitor telling us exactly how much time we had left because we had to solve the puzzle within one hour. Mm. And um, uh, we started actually on a very good pace, uh, put up together a few clues, solved a few mysteries, like, okay, we found, we found a piece of string. So what do we do with this? Oh, we have a map in the, uh, hanging out from the wall. So, okay, take this end of the string, take this end, um, whatever it fits, and see where the lines cross. So here we'll get like a number uh, of a padlock that we would need to open with a combination. Mm. So things like that. Uh, eventually they would give us um, we would discover the key to another room and uh, on this other room is where things got complicated because the layers of complexity that we had kind of multiplied by three 
suddenly we no longer had a single lock to figure out. We had seven. Jeez. So seven, <laughs> seven locks. Okay, let's let's start again. We started like lifting all the furniture. We found some random plane tickets of a guy that had gone uh, to several several different places, like from Dusseldorf to Berlin, from Berlin to Shanghai, and blah blah whatever. And um, we found a hint that one of the combinations of the padlocks actually had to do with the time difference between the cities where the guy traveled. Mm. So if from Dusseldorf to Japan, there is a seven-hour difference, then you would need to find one padlock with the digit seven and place it like that. And um, after all that, um, we managed to to solve it. Hmm. Um, <laughs> there, was a, there were a couple of things that nobody, at least I would have never figured out. We had... Um, a record, like a, a vinyl record, laying about the room, and and the name of the artist was scratched out. There was no way for you to figure out what was there. And um, the password to the guy's computer, which was also lying there, was exactly the name of his favorite band. Okay. <laughs> so we had to figure out exactly whose was this record without without knowing the name. So we had like a a place to play it, but it didn't work. So you would place it, I would place the needle, but mm. it just I just could not find the I, I could not find the means to make it work. Oh, so okay. it, we 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 couldn't know exactly what to do with that. Ten minutes later, one of my colleagues uh goes around it, puts the finger of the record and starts scratching it like that mm-hmm. and it plays. I just puts his finger as as Yeah, if he it pushes was his the finger, he pushes record the record needle. of exactly like he puts the needle, he starts <coughs> sorry. Puts the needle in the record and starts moving the record mm. like, as if he would like rotate it. Oh, I see. Okay. So the needle, yeah. so the needle would read it and then play the sound of it. Right. It was rather uh, wobbly, like <laughs> to find the proper frequency to move it. But we could identify that eventually it would go like money, 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 and it's like that's Saba, that's Saba. We know that. <laughs> so we went correct to the computer, put the password in, we figured it out, and eventually we managed to finish the room with like seventeen minutes to spare. Mm. Wow, the staff, the staff even told us, "Man, this is like the fastest group we've ever had." <laughs> so it's like, "Oh, okay, thank you." <laughs> so really happy for that. If you have an escape the room establishment nearby you, grab a bunch of friends and go check it out because it's really a good experience, a really nice team building experience as well. I don't know if so there is one near us. There probably is. I think there is one in Madrid, mm. like in the center. But I'm not sure exactly if it if it's if it's still open because I know it was a couple of years ago. Okay, but I don't know if it if it's still open or not. I would need to investigate a little bit on yeah, that. Yeah, I've but never done this one. is this is definitely a recommendation that I can give to anyone who likes like team team building games or experiences. Game designers, everyone who is interested in puzzles, you should definitely go and try it. Mm. It's it's definitely worth checking. Nice. And, so, um, what's the name of this? What's the name of the place you went to specifically? Yeah, the name of the place I went to is was called Quexit, uh, kind of a, mi- a mixture between question and exit. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, but it's only in in Düsseldorf, as far as I know. Sure. You can check the website if you are interested. You can check the website in quexit.de, and you can find over there the the rooms that I have themed with movies and make a reservation if you want. If you're interested, go ahead. But I'm pretty sure that you can find 
an escape the room place nearby you because they are getting really popular lately. Mm. So yeah, give it a try. Nice. Okay. I think we can call it there, can we? Sure thing. Um, I think we can probably talk about the Nintendo Switch in more detail once we know more. But that was yeah. announced in the last uh, in the last week. That was Thursday, Friday, um, mm-hmm. Thursday, Thursday. And I we can say well, we, uh, I, I was I was them. impressed by the concept. Yeah, but yeah, there's very little we know, so we can talk. My biggest concern, my biz- biggest concerns after the battery life um, would be that the stick. The sticks on the little Joy-Cons, the detachable controllers, are not mm-hmm. symmetrical, and that just uh. annoys me. But thinking how many times I'm likely to use the controllers in, in like a local multiplayer configuration is probably not very high, so <laughs> mm-hmm. that's that should be fine. Um, yeah, we can wrap it up. Um, so we are, as of tomorrow, when this goes up, we will... Be uh, between sixteen and seventeen days left, so just over two weeks until we do our twenty-four hour gaming marathon on Beam. Um, I've got Hush, Tom, and Stu joining me here in Madrid. We'll be streaming for a full twenty-four hours uh, out of my living room uh, with Bob and Maggie joining us when they can. Uh, we're definitely going to be meeting up to play some of that Jackbox Party Pack Three. Uh, I, I can't wait. And um, <laughs> a couple of, I guess, updates on this one. So we just got team T-shirts made, the GPT, as I've called it. Um, mm. They're currently in, in production. Uh, so we'll be we'll be sporting them as part of the, the marathon. Uh, we're not going into full-blown mass production of those. We're not quite sure what we're doing with, uh, with them after, after we've got them set up for our team. But, uh, if you're interested, I guess, let us know. Never say never. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and we've got a big injection of um, of donations in the last week. So um, lots of lots of small donations, larger donations coming through. Special shout out to Andrew for a hundred euro donation just yesterday. Thank you very much for that one. Thanks a bunch. Um, and thank you to everyone else. Um, you can get us at our Just Giving page. Just hit us up at goplaylock.com and it's a huge green banner right at the top of the page. Um, and I guess we'll call it there. So thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Bob, for joining me on this one-year anniversary podcast. And Yeah, uh, thank you, Rob, for organizing and for keeping this up. No worries. And, um, it's really fun to do. Yeah, it is. Wouldn't trade it in. Um, okay. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah.